0: CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's OK. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive. You make quick, smart decisions, and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday, after The Equalizer, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.
1: CBS Sports State of Combat podcast with the Brian Campbell UFC 246 ahead of us this weekend in Las Vegas. Connor, cowboy, have to see it, need to see it, need to fire you up ahead of time with that lethal injection, the untraceable kind that can only be found from the performance enhancing audio that is the SOC. It sounds great. It smells even better. It is a beautiful aroma that arouses me. Yes. Thank you, Connor. We will be hearing, seeing, and feeling a lot of you this week. Well, to some degree there uh i am fired up the brian campbell the voice that you hear we're gonna be on the ground in vegas this week you're gonna get all kinds of bc media day special interviews with all the big names cbs sports hq left and right myself rashad evans and more breaking down the fights before after instant analysis pod we got you covered from beginning to end so let me bring in my man right now Baby girl, put it on him.
0: I want you to put it on I want you to try to your best to put
1: it on me. I'm about to put him on right now. He is a UFC Hall of Famer. Always sweet, never sour. It's the great earthquake survivor, Sugar Rashad Evans. How are you, man?
0: BC, what's going on, baby? I love the introduction. Thank you. I'm great.
1: Uh, it is Connor Cowboy Week. You're a fan. You're a Hall of Fame fighter. You're a respected journalist with ESPN and CBS Sports. You're... Uh, you know, fanboy level of excitement for what this fight means and the entertainment we are expecting for Saturday.
0: It's off the chain right now. Let me tell you why. I mean, for for the most part, you know, me and Donald Cerrone go back a long time. I'm talking about living in Jackson, uh, the Jackson Gym upstairs with mice and rats and stuff like that. So we go back a long time. So uh, a big part of me is just excited for Cowboy to have this opportunity to uh to to get was due to him you know i mean you know cowboy has 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 never uh fought on a stage like this and to see him get a stage like this and with with a great career like that you know, that he's had it uh it's, it's awesome yeah. and, and and then on top of it all you got conor mcgregor returning. Uh, i it's,
1: mean i was just gonna say it's so, it's there's so many elements that make this fight so good i mean not just the potential for combustibility entertainment Not just the fact that the biggest star in the history of the sport is coming back for only the second time in three years, but you want to talk about the perfect B-side, the ultimate fan favorite, the guy who's accomplished almost everything in Cowboy Cerrone, has almost every record. In fact, if you don't believe it, pick up a six-pack of Budweiser in Las Vegas this week, and his face will be on it with all of his records, and he gets a chance for really what's the biggest fight of his entire career. So we're fired up. We're ready. Uh, It's not just big fights this week, though. I'm sure everybody saw Monday night's college football championship and LSU walking away as the undisputed champion. If you want more, if you need more, you got to put it in your ear hole. I'm talking about the CBS Sports Cover 3 podcast. We know that the season is now over. That doesn't mean that they're going to take a break. That doesn't mean there's still not a lot to talk about. Cover 3 is still your place for the best coverage in all of college football Chip Patterson, Tom Fornelli, they got you covered with all the post-title game coverage you can imagine. Go download and listen to the Cover 3 podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Rashad, you're a former uh, you know, uh, high school star in the backfield. Uh,
0: oh, did yeah. you did oh, you enjoy yeah.
1: LSU's uh uh beat down there?
0: Oh, that was a great game, man. That was a really great game. I thought at one point that Clemson was going to run away from it, but then Unless you showed, you know, why why they're why they're number one. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Uh what number did you wear in high school, Rashad? Remind the people.
0: I, I wore number one.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. Big t- I like. I like in all sports when people wear number one. Especially like a run like a top running back or receiver wearing number one. It's like it's it's yeah. aerodynamic. It looks good on the jersey.
0: Yeah, I I I was the one that had my shoes spatted up and I had my jersey all uh, like to my waist and everything, man. It, I, <laughs> I thought I was something. I thought like, getting dressed for the games was the biggest part for me. <laughs>
1: Is there any footage online? Can we go to YouTube and type in Rashad Evans high school highlights? Is that a thing? I, I,
0: there's not a thing like that, but I, could, I can get some footage, man. See, I have um,
1: Guys our age, we just missed. Rashad, we just we, missed that, that technology missed. breakthrough where everything we ever could have done would be documented
0: exactly exactly i mean i have a few things but nothing nothing like uh nothing like these kids nowadays yeah yeah
1: no doubt about it uh it's funny rashad we had a great podcast last week on the soc that really looked at the mindset for both fighters coming in a lot that we talked about from conor mcgregor doing that mac life interview first time he really came and and showed where his heart mind soul is entering this fight and then He went out and left around and did 47 minutes with Ariel Helwani on Monday of ESPN. And I feel like we got another hour's worth of interesting topics to talk about. Exactly where Connor's head is at. All this good stuff. And we're going to do all that and get you all kinds of ready for UFC 246 on the other end after a pause for the cause and a word from our friends and sponsors. Yeah. Dig it. And we're back, B.C., Sugar Rashad, our boy Brandon Wise, off this week. Rashad, I mentioned that. Conor McGregor, who's headlining in his return to welterweight bout, it is Donald Cerrone this weekend, sat down with our good buddy Ariel Hawani of ESPN. And in some sense, it was like, okay, it was a lot of typical. He almost answered every question the same way. He's ready. He's hungry. But Ariel has a way. Of getting to the heart of a matter on certain topics. And there were some things exposed that I want to sort of flesh out here entering this fight. One of the themes we addressed last week based on the honesty Connor has showed that his loss at UFC 229 to Habib, he's claiming, and look, you know, you can always take an excuse for what it's worth, but awful camp. Destructively awful camp. But did you hear the details? And the reason why I bring this up is the storyline in this fight, to me, is this, is the king still the king? Is Con- Can Connor come back and be celebrity fighter and go the BMF route and retire in two years? Or can he be a legitimate title contender in one or two divisions and go back to being the biggest star in the sport? So... Some ways you want to look back at how easily and one-sided he was handled by the great Habib Nurmagomedov and sort of find a way to say, well, that wasn't the real Connor. He had been off for a while. Now we hear the training camp was bad. I know in your heart of hearts, Rashad, when you watched that fight, that wasn't the real Connor McGregor. I felt hearing his words that for the first time he was admitting that not only was that a bad camp he may he may have been partying uh, uh not a little but a lot during that week and not have been in the right mental headspace. you believe that based on his words, and what factor does that actually play
0: I believe it you know I don't think he has any reason to go out there and lie as far as um you know his antics leading up to the fight I mean that's usually something that you know you can kind of uh, admit after you've gotten some distance away from it some kind of got some some mental uh some mental clarity on your behavior during that time. So I think that, you know, um, he was out of control. And I think that's one of the reasons why he had to have that, that come to Jesus meeting with himself and be like, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue to be this guy? Or am I going to be the guy that I was, you know, that I feel like I was destined to be, which is a world champion. And, um, you know, I've, I've been in camps like that where, where you just kind of, you're, you're not on your P's and Q's and you're not, uh, you're not, you know, doing the things that you used to do. You know, you're cutting corners and you know you cut enough corners pretty soon you don't have a you don't have a square anymore, you have a dang circle. And I think he's he he's done that uh in that last camp. But um I honestly don't believe that uh that it would have made a difference. I'm gonna be honest. And, and here and here's what I mean. I mean I, I think that the areas where he lost that fight in, I think there were areas where I don't believe that he would have been able to close the distance had he been not doing everything he was doing because the the ground pressure that, that he was under with uh, Habib, you know, not too many guys who can, can survive that, and he didn't survive that, so I don't think it would have been too much different. But as far as from a mindset point of view, going into the fight feeling confident, yeah, I think that, you know, hanging out and partying and doing those things does have you feeling a little less confident, and now it makes you think, well, was some of his antics because He wasn't feeling so confident.
1: That's a fair assessment because like we mentioned last week, he was, you know, an extra level nasty in the build. And obviously there was extenuating circumstances that aren't there for a normal fight. The dolly throw, the in and out of, uh, you know, the legal system and all that. But look, he was just straight up nasty in that build, not in a way that he's trying to sell himself in a way that he's trying to get into Habib's soul, intimidate him. Sometimes there's a desperation in that you may be right that even if it's prime Connor on any day, Styles makes fights, and that's a bad style matchup for him. We all agree with that. I just didn't see the crispness in his striking. I didn't see the power. I just didn't see the same guy. You can always argue that getting dragged down and taken down consistently will will suck that out of you. But for him to admit, I, I was drinking during fight week. I was drinking. You know, he basically broke down to the level to Ariel that we were bringing in guys from you know, from that area in Russia who are good wrestlers to to spar with. And he said these weren't sparring matches. These were real fights. And he had to stretch himself to knock them out. And then he would take three days off and kind of party. Now, look, he didn't use terms, Rashad, like Bugar, Shugar. He's not saying (laughs) I was doing drugs too. a lot of people took that feeling based on the way he answered questions. I'm not here to tell you I thought he was or not necessarily. But if any of that is in play. Even though he admits he was in great shape and even though he admits he was confident, you're not you can't be the same guy. You can't burn, you, can. you can't you can. be a master. You can't you know what I'm saying? You can't burn it at both ends. We all know that.
0: No, you you really can't, and, and I think, you know, for the most part, you know, um, not even on a mental level, but physically speaking, you know, when when you're when you're burning midnight oil and you're not allowing your body to rest and recover, then it's impossible, just flat out impossible for you to go out there and perform at your highest highest level because your body requires things it requires sleep it requires you know proper nutrition it requires all these things in order to get it to a state where it can compete at its best so he he wasn't giving himself the best chance but one thing i heard in this interview more than anything i I feel as if like the last interview we heard with connor it was him uh you know going through the steps of 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 grieving and, and i guess you know Getting over a situation because he was very apologetic, and that 's something you do whenever you 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 want to move forward in your life you have to you have to forgive yourself, but in order to forgive yourself, you have to have other people forgive you and you have to admit what you 've done and you have to speak it out and and you have to face it and I feel like that 's what he's he's been doing and I think all of that has been extremely cathartic for him, and now we 're seeing the catharsis that that has taken place in a very calm and a very cerebral uh um Conor McGregor and I think also um Tony Robbins had a lot to do with that.
1: That was interesting. Now, now shout out to Tony Robbins. I you know, hey, I I bought a book or two back in the day when when I needed to get out of some ditches there. I'm no I'm no uh a stranger or or uh deflector on the idea of building yourself back up and to see them develop a friendship and him credit actual meetings with Tony Robbins and that turning him around. I'm just saying, it was a little bit different than the MacLife interview. If you just watched this aerial interview, and after it was over, somebody said, based on that interview, which way you bet in this fight. I don't see how you can come out of there and not think, He's back. He's back,
0: bro. I, I felt I felt the same way. And and here's the thing, like I'm 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 such a fanboy sometimes, uh, for Connor, you know, because I, I get excited about Connor. He he speaks exciting and uh he speaks things into existence. And I admire anybody who can do that because I understand what it takes to do such a thing, you know? And um He's back to that again. He's back to understanding that he has to set these goals, these lofty goals. He has to set these goals because in order to set these lofty goals, that is where he's been able to find his greatness and he's gone back to that, you know. So I think that, you know, this Connor is is exactly the Connor. Is exactly the Connor that we need to be seeing going back into this to this new era of of what he wants to do in his career.
1: Absolutely. I speak, and
0: believer, and receiver. Speak and, believe and receive receiver. Speak and believer, and receiver.
1: Thank you, Deontay. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, people sometimes hear me talk about Connor and and you know go in the comments section. Like, oh, he's such a fanboy. All these media guys just want Connor to win because he raises the the ratings and the traffic, and they get to travel more and they get to do that. Well, look, that's <laughs> there's an element of that for any of us in the media that are connected to anything. But I think for any of us in a sport, fan or fighter, you want the health of the sport. To be as healthy as possible, and having a Conor McGregor winning and in big fights is a big part of that. But I think it does go even deeper. You just sort of said, you know, you know, you're admittedly like a Conor fanboy. I don't see how you could be a UFC fan over the last few years and not be a Conor fanboy. And let me actually explain that. You can tell me that you hate him, and that you're going in there almost like a Mayweather fight, hoping him to lose. But to me, that's a, that's fanboy at the same time. I don't see how you could consistently have watched the rise and fall and rise again, potentially, of Conor and not be deeply emotionally affected. And that's because he is a personality that's more dynamic as a fighter than I think anyone who, who we've ever seen. It's not just the ability to tra- talk trash. It's the ability to make you care about... His struggle at such an intense level of emotion where you're saying to yourself, either, like I said, I hate him and I need him to get knocked out because he's a loud mouth and because I believe these accusations against him. Or it could be the other side of this man has a level of belief that is so much higher than maybe it should be. Or maybe what is natural that it goes back to that old Mystic Mac magic that look, Rashad, it's freaking compelling. It makes you want to say to yourself that whether I want him to win or lose, I want him to be there at the very least. I don't want him going away for three years. I want him to be there every three months on the dot.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think one of the things that that draws me into uh, to to liking Connor and making me somebody, making him somebody that I pay attention to, is the fact that you know um, he he's one of those guys who who really um, his his belief in himself is is something that. That you know that people write books about. You know what I'm saying? It, it's legendary the way the way that he believes in himself, and, and also there there's a sense of honesty when he speaks, even even when he's talking all his trash, because you, you you get a sense that he truly doesn't care at a level that most people do. You know what I'm saying? And, and the fact that he truly doesn't care at that level where most people do, it allows him to speak. With 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 a a way of speaking that you don't hear normal people speak, and it's refreshing. You know, what I'm saying it's like, oh, it's, okay, it's you know, intoxicating. It's like inspiring it to the to the gills. It is.
1: It's weird. So Ariel mentioned in that interview that there, you know, you go back and watch the documentary on Connor, and it's got that footage when he's in Cage Warriors and he's living in his parents' house. I mean, you can go back and watch it. Him and his his longtime girlfriend D are in his a uh, bedroom in his parents' house, like eating cereal. And Rashad, he's talking at that point about his future and about where where he's going to will himself that is like straight out of the same voice inflection that you heard heading into Nate Diaz one or two or when he said he was going to knock out Aldo with the first punch he threw. And... uh, uh, again, I don't think the king is all the way back, and physically he's going to have to prove that on Saturday, but he even said it in that interview. I went back to those interviews and heard myself speak. He's been speaking this into existence from the beginning, and if he's back rewired where he needs to be, look, Cowboy's always going to be a tough out for anybody. But stylistically, there's a reason why Connor's favored, and I just think if we are set to believe that his confidence level is back where where it is, I mean, man, that, that, you know, you it's like a video game. Everybody's got a rating, a Madden rating. That jacks you up another 5, 10 points.
0: It does, but, you know, honestly speaking, he he is facing a lot going into this fight. I mean, in my opinion, I believe all the pressure's on him. You know, he, he's got all the pressure on him, and when you, whenever you're carrying all the pressure, it's never a fun thing, but if I can say if anybody who handles pressure well, it is him, but at some point, what we have learned over the last, you know, 15 months or so is that Conor McGregor is, is human, you know what I'm saying? And and he does get affected by the same things that we get affected by. It's just, you know, he's been able to 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 be able to um to to mentally push himself forward. And uh this fight presents a different kind of challenge to Conor because now he is um mentally firing. He is feeling way better than he has in the past and that's a scary thing because when you feel so great and you know that you know everything is the best that it has been in a long time or ever then you know a loss would truly mean something totally different if things weren't at the perfect level you know so there's a bit of pressure in the fact that everything has been going so good
1: yeah, he eats up that pressure. It motivates there are certain people obviously that that prefer to live in that state of, of tension at all times. I mean, Mayweather was an absolute, you know, all timer at being able to be at his best when the when the stakes were the highest. Uh there was something like I mentioned, there was something about who he was internally and was putting out during the build to Habib that didn't feel fully like him. Right. This kind of feels like it again. But you gotta win the fight, and that's why we're fired up for Saturday. As much as I want to sit here and talk about everything that Connor said, and maybe I'm not done. Let me leave it with this. <laughs> Do you believe him when he says he's gonna make eighty million in this fight? Can you connect the dots for me, Rashad? Even oh, with that my, money I, the top I, level I, fighters get that we don't hear about 80 listen, million.
0: No, he's not making eighty million, but Conor McGregor knows this. He knows that people tune in to see somebody fight and make eighty million dollars. So whether he's making $80 million or not, people are going to believe he's making $80 million and they're going to tune in to see an MMA fighter make a $80 million. It's just how it happens. And that's how he's been able to get to the position that he is right now because before he wasn't making the millions that he was making before. But through talking himself up enough, he actually did make that kind of money. And I think this is another one of those situations.
1: It's interesting because I think we'd all agree that compared to boxing at the very highest level, you know, we know the whole story about MMA fighters not being paid, you know, really what they deserve for UFC's financials uh, and for, for, you know, just just straight up comparing it to boxing and – if anyone's deserving of Mayweather and Pacquiao money, what does that mean? That means sort of like whoever you're fighting, you're guaranteed that sort of base of thirty to forty million, which is ob- it's just absurd. But when you get to that level of fandom, where you are driving a fight in a fight card all on your name alone, and to some degree, as you can see, this is not a loaded card. This is one of those where UFC saying Connor's name will be enough. Yes, Cowboy will play a key role, but Cowboy could have been anybody to a certain degree, and Connor's going to carry that he may be, you can argue other, everyone deserves it or you can argue he's the only one either way i hope rashad that he's making in the 40 to 50 million for this fight because if anyone's deserving of that absurd canelo floyd manny money good god right
0: yeah i think he definitely probably making that with with everything combined you know uh with with all all the things that goes into it but i'm not i mean 30 40 that's that's a you know what I can't even speak on that because it's an understanding that, that I've never got to with the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Maybe, maybe he is making that kind of money. Who knows? It is he I mean, he, know, just he look- brings so much value to the organization. It's hard to, to foresee them uh, being in a great money position and not sharing the wealth with him.
1: I'm still not over the the fact that I saw with my own eyes, the $100 million check that Floyd Mayweather held up after the Pacquiao fight. And that was only his guarantee it's I like, know. to make that for one night of work. Gosh. I mean, did you see the stats? You know how Mayweather was just named uh, richest athlete of the decade by Forbes, and they had all the, the breakdowns. The breakdowns of the amount of money per punch landed over the last decade for Floyd, it was like, you know, he made more than my entire neighborhood makes for a year per punch.
0: Per punch, that's it's, what
1: It's did. just insane. But again, you can get yourself to that level of getting people to care about you you know, you deserve it. And that's sort of part of this theme, Rashad, is that, like, what's really at stake here for Conor? You know, a loss would be disastrous, even though Cowboy Cerrone is in this fight. Like, he's in play to have a shot. A loss would be disastrous to the idea of which road do you take moving forward. Like I said off the start, are you celebrity name fighter moving forward? And we're going to see a cash out against Nate, you know, fight fight people in that vein Or are you going to the level of fighting Habib and maybe Kamaru Usman? A win or a loss in my eyes decides that. But honestly, Rashad, if you look at where uh, Connor's true legacy is right now, he's the biggest draw and star in the sports history, no doubt about it. But there's still a lot of hardcores who think what he's accomplished is a bit overrated, and to really be one of those upper room greatest of all times, on the level of Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, John Jones, etc., he's gonna need a second chapter of his career, a legitimate second chapter. Think Randy Couture moving weight divisions and winning the title and starting a whole new branch. It's gotta start Saturday night and I think he's gotta have it, Rashad.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think that um you know, he has had some amazing accomplishments in his career and what he's done thus far, but I think in order to to really solidify in a hardcore mind, as far as being that a guy who who was not put in position to win and really fought his way to be in position to win, I think that you know the next half of his career can be about having these kind of fights where where he's he's taken you know the, the 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 next worthy challenger and it's not always about just the big money fight. You know, I think that when it's all said and done. Ghana may never have never have a legacy like a like a John Jones or or one of these fighters who who had to really fight their way to have their legacy. His legacy may just be what he's been able to accomplish as far as the growth that he's brought to the fighters, being able to bust open the bank as far as the UFC on, on a pay scale. You know, he he's he's busted that open to the point where now it's easier for fighters to get paid million dollar paydays. You know? So I think that may be his legacy more than what he's actually been able to do inside the octagon. Not saying that what he's been able to do not inside the octagon is trash, but I think what he stands for outside the octagon is going to be much more superior.
1: I just feel like if he never fights for and or wins a title again or never puts together you know two, three quality wins in a row, you're going to have people that say, well, he was a star who got hot for a stretch. But he's certainly not an upper room all-timer. And that's interesting because I certainly believe he has that ability. But I wonder. We talked about this last week. I wonder what he would look like consistently at 170. I wouldn't have a good feeling on that. Do you think it's fair to call him one-dimensional? I've seen that debate come up a lot. Is Conor McGregor a one-dimensional fighter in your eyes?
0: Yes. Yes. And, and, And I say this. He's he's well rounded. He's talented. He's a well rounded fighter. He can do everything from you know a to z, a to z in in this fight sport. You know he he's a very knowledgeable, proficient fighter with that. But when it comes down to it, how his method of of action, how how he gets it done, it, it is usually one dimensional. You know you, you don't see him uh, going for any kind of anything beyond you know you don't see him takedowns. You don't see anything on the cage. You don't see him really working the full aspect of what it is. To do an MMA fight. So I would say in that aspect he is one dimensional. But that one dimension is a deep dimension. You know what I'm saying? There's he's no he's very it. skilled at that dimension. You know?
1: This fight is at 170 pounds. And to believe why. And we've, we've gone up and down the road on whether it's fair. It's certainly not fair I in my eyes because... Dana saying if Connor wins, he's he's probably next in line for Habib. So it's certainly not fair to anybody else in a number one contender situation who has to cut down to their actual division weight limit, and then these two are allowed to to sort of just uh, come into camp healthier. Now it depends on what you believe because Connor was was asked by Ariel and basically said. uh... You know, I'd fight him at any weight class. Donald doesn't look good at, at cutting down to 55. He's better at 170. I'd rather fight him there. I'll fight him at, with the flu. I'll fight him with anything. And you could sort of look at that and respond how you want, especially since Dana's gone on record a couple of times saying Connor, you know, basically wanted it at 170. That's why we're here. They're both blowing up lightweights. So is, do you see any difference in the way this fight will play out now at 170 compared to what it would have or could have been at 155?
0: Um, I think so. And and I say that because, you know, when you're, when you're walking around that way, you're carrying around a little bit more weight, you know, so, so the, the fight pace carries on a different kind of, a different kind of momentum, you know? So I think that may be, um, something that, that could affect the, the, the fight flow of the fight. Also power, power is another thing, you know, these guys who fight at 170 and are legit 170 pounders, these guys are weighing 190 on fight night. 190 on fight night. Conor McGregor was telling Ari Hawani when he was sitting down, he's in his 60s right now. Now that's before, you know, that means that he's probably going to step, step into the cage on fight night, maybe 65. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be underweight when he steps to the octagon. Cowboy, is he's fought himself to be a legitimate 170 pounder. He has to cut to make 170. He has to cut more to make 155, but 170 he still has to cut. So he's going to bounce back up to at least 185 now that that weight disparity is not going to be so much if the fight stays in conor mcgregor's wheelhouse where he can stand up and strike but if cowboy starts leaning on him and make him start grappling then you start to see the wear on that 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 weight disparity and that's what I think that you're gonna be looking at at this one seventy weight class.
1: And you know, uh Cowboy did a did a really interesting sit down with Brett Okamoto of ESPN that was just published that has some interesting quotes and you know he he would have been fine, he said, with it at either weight class, he didn't really care. Uh one thing he said about Connor's cardio, now it's sort of like Im- sort of known or thought that Connor doesn't have great cardio. He gutted out UFC two oh two in the rematch with Nate Diaz. There were moments he looked like he was gonna be, you know, done for the count and he rallied back. We've seen him battle with cardio at time. From Cowboy's perspective, and I want to see if you agree with this, he thinks Connor's cardio is fine. He just thinks he loads up 100% on every punch. And knowing, you know, as a fighter, how much that tires you out, that he can have big moments of stamina dumps. Do you ever see a future in which Connor almost adopts some Floyd-like ideas and says, okay, I'm not going in there for the KO. But especially if I want to compete at welterweight, I'll take a little bit off the fastball, and I'll just be the quicker boxer who gets in and out. Is that a is that a something that could be there? Is that an end game? Is that a way to stay potentially longer and relevant than doing exactly what Cowboy said, which we've seen him do against many people, including Nate.
0: I don't. I don't. I, I disagree with his assessment, and I say that because of this. Like, you know, the the way you punch, you learn to have a. Uh, a gas tank for the way you punch like he, he's used to punching the way he's punching he's he's he, he trains like that all the time right so he's gonna be punching fast and hard so he gets he gets used to the conditioning of that but i think his problem and the reason why he gets tired is not so much of the heavy shots it's more or less the flow of the fight like he has a hard time going down and up down and up the down and up motion is what takes away connor's gas to me because when you're not used to going down and up and, and and fighting a full spectrum UFC fight, then you get tired in aspects where you're not used to working. So I think that's the biggest problem with Connor is the fact that he's not used to fighting a full flow fight with wrestling and takedown and getting back up and going up and down.
1: That's interesting. Have you had moments as well in big fights, Rashad, where it would look like you, you ran out of gas, you poured out the jug, but, but it just takes a minute or two to bring it back.
0: Yeah, I've had, I've had plenty of times like that where, you know, I just felt completely, completely dead. But then um you you, you take a second and, and you and it does come back, but it but it does it does take a second. And sometimes during a second, it can be a long second. It can be a minute and a half. It can be the rest <laughs> of a round. But whatever the case may be, you do feel like that. But the thing is, when you get like that, you have to find positions where you're going to be safe. So sometimes when I felt like that, you will see me fight against the fight against the cage, you know. Or you'll see me dancing around on the outside and make it look like I was showboating. I wasn't showboating, I was just resting. You know what I'm saying? Those those are the things that, that you have to learn in order to be able to conserve your gas tank. And I'm sure Connor has his his tools, but um up and down for me with Connor is is what was what zaps that energy for him.
1: All right, here's the key quote from the Cowboy interview with Brett Okamoto that I want to read and get your take on. Because you can look at this from a few different ways. Obviously, you know, Rashad, whenever there's a fight, especially afterwards, I mean, people can think every fight was fixed, right? Like, there's not a scenario. When Conor knocked out Jose Aldo, Twitter was like, fixed fight, obviously. It's like, come on, people. And right (laughs) right now, you're certainly getting people that are going, well, obviously, Cowboy's going to take the money from UFC to to shine up, uh, you know, Connor and let him get knocked out. Look it's not happening. But hear this out, okay? Brett asks Are you planning to take Connor McGregor down to the mat, obviously and use his ground game and his wrestling game? Cowboy says quote, you know I probably should. But I don't think I will. I like to fight, too. I like to get in there and throw down. Everyone says his stand-up is amazing, so why not go and test it? Everyone says, you want to just stand there and get knocked out? But it's my decision. It's my stupidity. That's just a stupid game. That's just a stupid decision. But I know who I am. I look in the mirror. I know exactly who I am. So I get to make that decision that I want. Why wouldn't I want to stand with one of the best? Why not? Can I take a punch? That's the question I want to know. Can he take my effing kicks is also the question I want to know. End quote. Rashad, I ain't saying anything to the level of conspiracy or this is fixed, but there's almost a different kind of fixed. If you have a potential thing you can do, that would be a strength for you. And you don't do it. If Cowboy goes in there and does the tough guy thing, does the, I want to face the best striker and beat him at his best. I want to entertain the fans. And he does that and gets knocked out. You okay with that?
0: No, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with what he said. I mean, listen, listen. I'm sure he said what he said because it sounds like a great soundbite. And everybody's like, yeah, Cowboy, stand there and bang with them. But (laughs) here's the reality. The reality of this right here. It's a fight. And when you go into a fight, you go to employ all your skills. All your whole skill set. Cowboy is so proficient on the ground. Let me tell you, let me tell you this guy cowboy would would train like 4 or 5 hours straight doing like I like I would go and hang out at Jackson's and and I'll go out somewhere and I'll come back and these guys are still rolling around from when they were rolling around when practice ended like 3 hours ago. They had like they used to have like these never-ending practices where they would just do grappling all the time. So his his grappling proficiency Is ridiculous, and when I watch Cowboy fight now, I'm just like, he probably can extend his career another three to five years if he started just using his wrestling ability. And I think of Randy Couture when Randy Couture went to heavyweight, and and he was like, yo, these guys are so big, I'm not gonna stand and strike with them because I can get caught and get knocked out. I'm gonna put him against a cage, and I'm gonna use my wrestling ability. And I think that's what Cowboy needs to do. He needs to understand that. He's not that same cowboy that he was when he's younger, and he can't take the shots that he used to. So with that, he has to change his game plan. He has to change his mode of attack, and he has to incorporate some of those things that he has built a whole career of perfecting, and that is the ground.
1: I hope, I hope he does for the idea of it being the best possible matchup, both using their full strengths. I'm sure fans want him to bang. UFC, you could argue, wants them to go in there and beg. I mean, UFC would want Connor to win, I would think. But it's going to be interesting what Cowboy deplores. I think the most obvious and telling fact about this fight when I go to handicap it is this, Rashad. And it plays into what was just said there. If Connor's one-dimensional, as we say, his greatest skill plays so perfectly, in my eyes, into Cowboy's greatest weakness. Cowboy's a tough guy. But he can have a flashy chin. He can have a chin that if you get him perfectly, you can get him him out of there. And he's also a cowboy really late starter, historically. I remember interviews five, six years ago where he's like, you know, my coaches always say, man, I always have to take a certain amount of punishment early to wake up. And, 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 you know, the whole idea, which we say a lot ahead of Conor Fights, if he gets to him early, he wins. If it goes extra rounds, we don't know what's going to happen. I think it's very much in play here. Not a one punch knockout, but Connor's best chance of winning is also the biggest thing you fear about Cowboy.
0: Yeah. And I also and, and, and to add to that, to add to that, I would also add in um the left kick. Connor, Connor, uh he has an amazing cheap kick, but I think the left body kick is gonna be something that he has probably keyed in on and he's gonna be looking to exploit that on Cowboy because Cowboy has a very hard time taking body shots and the kick is is something that, you know, breaks through whatever kind of guard that he may have up and get to that body. And, you know, every fighter who's fought Cowboy who was a southpaw, they went right in and they just went right after that left side. You know, you talk about, you know, Showtime, Pettis. Um, Uh, Masvidal, these guys, they they go and they went hunting right for that that, that right side. So you can imagine that Conor McGregor is going to take a page out of his book and continuously hunt for that body right out the gate.
1: No doubt about that. I love about this fight because you could tell me if you could see the future, Rashad, that you tell me Cowboy gets blown away in three minutes, I'll believe it, or you can tell me that it's a great war and Conor tires late, I'll believe it. I do, I cannot lie, the interview with Connor only seems to awaken my belief that this will be what the fight kind of really is at its core, which is, you don't want to say get well fight because Cowboy's nobody's bitch. And there really ain't no get well fights. Certainly not the pay-per-view main event level in the UFC. But with all that said, when you go to handicap it, you know the potential of what Cowboy can do on the ground. You know what Connor wants to do. I still see a second round finish for Connor McGregor, McGregor in what should be a high paced, fun fight. I think they're both going to try to establish the kicking game to have success. But I think Connor's going to be like the old Connor, where when he lures you into those punching two way exchanges, he's got the quicker, more accurate weapon in the end.
0: Yeah, he definitely has a heat seeker for that left hand. But, you know, all those points you bring about Connor. So extremely true. I just, when I look at this fight, you know, we we have a tendency to only look at it from Connor's side because he's the big favorite in this fight, and he's the guy making his comeback after being off for so long. But if we look at Cowboy and we look at what his mindset must be like, you have to realize that this is a guy who is is like a, a rat backed into a corner. You know, meaning the fact that for him. This this is it for him, and and I don't and I don't want to make it seem like he's not going to have a career after this. But the truth of the matter is, there is not going to be a bigger fight than this for him after this fight. You know, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like he he's he's at that stage in his career where. His best fights are probably in the past. he's probably not going to get another title shot. He's probably not going to work his way up to get another title shot and I say that not to to disrespect his hopes but the the reality of the situation is he has a list of competitors to get ahead of to get there so you're looking at this being that shot this being that that title shot this being that moment the 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 highest moment of his life and and I think that you look at somebody that career, like Cowboy who's who's made a career of grinding and trying to be the guy who was in a position like this, and now he's finally here. Now he's finally in the biggest moment of his career against the biggest challenge of his life, and this for him is, is everything in his career. So I think he's going to go out there and fight like it. I think that we're going to see a different kind of Cowboy than we've seen in the past because – This is his Super Bowl. It's very fair. It's very fair.
1: And if he comes out ready and willing to gut it out, like I said, off the start, the potential at the very least, if you pay your money for this pay-per-view, is you're going to see theater. And if it ends up going rounds, hey, this has some BMF potential from the idea of it's, it's a real fight. It's two badasses, and it's a real ass fight. Who wins this fight? Rashad Evans.
0: Man, man, oh man. You know, it, it's it's a tough one because there's so many different things going into it. But uh with Connor McGregor, it's really hard to go against Connor, and especially after hearing the interview that he he gave with our Ariel. Um But I'm gonna be honest here, man. I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm a homer on this one, and uh as much as, as I love and I feel Connor in this fight. I'm gonna go with the underdog in this one. I'm gonna go with wow. Donald Cerrone. I'm gonna go with Donald Cerrone just just because of of everything. And I was just saying, when you, when you're a guy like Donald, then you don't you know opportunities like this are not coming. You pray for 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 a situation like this. This is this is equal to you know the kids back in the day. You know, all right, I, I'm on my you know. You know, uh, hail mary pass to to win the game. You know, this is that. This is that hail mary pass, and I, I think that he's not going to miss this opportunity to to seize this moment.
1: How does he get there? How does he do this? Is it a a consistent leg attack to slow him down and chop him down? I mean, obviously that's something Cowboys always looking to do. Has Connor Connor ever shown you that that vulnerability in the past?
0: I don't I don't think that he's going to have to. Do too much. I think the fact that he's gonna still be there is gonna be something that that plays into the mind and into the, to to the uh, the outcome of the fight. I think the fact that he may be hard to get out of there, and you know, it, it goes back to you know what is the thinking in the McGregor camp. He's gonna be out of there in one two rounds. That that goes back to what happened to him when he fought Diaz the first time. What happened? He underestimated that guy, and I know from experience there's no there's no more of a lonely place to be than being in octagon with a fighter who's ready to kick your butt, and you just sat up there and underestimated him, and now you're tired. That is a very lonely place to be, and that's where he was with, with Diaz, and the stage may be set again for that same exact situation to happen again where he has a guy who's like, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm an easy fight. We're going to see. Wow. The loneliest place on earth
1: in the octagon when that gas tank is coming up on empty. No doubt about it. Uh, One thing I do want to close on regarding Connor, they talked to Ariel about is his interest in Floyd Mayweather again in one of those crossover boxing matches. And it's sort of connected to everything, given we've seen Dana and Floyd front row at the NBA game. Handshake agreement. Dana says at the end of this year, he's ready to do business with Floyd again. Ready to talk to Al Heyman. Connor said some interesting, weird things there, Okay, He said, the fight with Floyd, definitely going to happen again. He said, we're close to signing Manny Pacquiao. Ariel, and then there was like the sheepish little grin. And Ariel's like, wait, whoa, what does that mean? And Connor kind of half punted on it. Yeah. And, Connor, and Ariel's like, to fight him? And Connor's like, well, those discussions as well. I almost feel like, Rashad, Connor was talking out of school. Don't know this for a fact. When he says, we're close to signing Manny Pacquiao, um, we all know Manny Pacquiao has one or two, it's not It's not public, fights left on his PBC deal, and that there's suitors like DAZN that are ready to throw a lot of money to try to get a couple more fights out of him. Does we mean Zufa boxing and UFC fight pass? That was interesting, Rashad. I don't know. Take that for what it was, but I wanted to bring up the idea of that Floyd fight and say, is Conor more likely to box Floyd with a win against Cowboy Cerrone or a loss in 2020?
0: I would say he's more likely to box him with a win. I think. I think with a loss. Well, here's the thing. I I think that. See, I think it can go either way, and let me tell you why. Because if he loses. He hasn't lost in in boxing, so it's not like the loss would transfer over. So a lot of people can be like, "Oh yeah, well he he can do it in boxing because he's got his old boxing coach back and he looked good boxing against Cowboy. He just got caught with the submission, or however he may lose that fight, right? So I, I think that that may be something they can salvage even if he loses, and if he wins, it, it's it's a no brainer. It's something that you have to set up, but more importantly, I, I don't, I, I I um I wonder, you know, is is Connor the guy they're lining up for Mayweather? Maybe it could it be a a Habib or something like that, providing he gets p- past Tony Ferguson because now there's other big stars in the equation. You know what I'm saying that that can that can sell I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would 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 love to see Habib versus versus Mayweather. It won't be the same, but at the same time you know you have to understand that. The, the stardom that Habib has has grown so much as well, too. So now you're bringing in another guy who can bring in some numbers, too.
1: I do think if they did Floyd, Connor too, in boxing and everyone right away. And me, too. Right away, we're like, oh, man, really? Again? Yet the more you think about it, Rashad, if Connor would enter that on a winning streak in MMA, I know the sports aren't the same, but it's sort of the perception. Oh, he's he's right. a winner again. He's back. And then you go, wait, how old's Floyd again? Oh, he's turning 43 in February. Oh, when was the last time he was in a competitive? I'm sure the the mainstream could talk themselves into, well, the first fight was exciting. And connor has got to have a better chance given the age. Hey, there'd be printing money once again. They'll be they'll be printing the, the freaking, print, <laughs> All right. And they'll be calling on Rashad to break the fight down. Believe that. All right, Rashad, to close here, let's get some thoughts on the fights that matter here below that. Not a deep card. Holly Holm back in the co-main event here, fresh off the head kick title loss to Amanda Nunes back in a rematch against Raquel Pennington. You may beca- recall the fight before the Rousey fight when Holm started off her UFC career with two fights, one of those against Raquel Pennington. Very close fight. I believe it was a split decision. It was a very competitive fight in which Holmes survived in advance and ultimately got that title shot. Holly Holmes, 38. And Rashad, she's got such an interesting legacy. Like, to make that change from boxing to MMA and then dethrone Rousey the way she did, she's been cashing that meal ticket of the Rousey win forever. You could make a cynical case and be like, well, what's she done since then? She's two and five. She's also been in four title fights against the best in the history of this game and has fought really well in most of them. So win or lose here, I think this could be the end because what else are you fighting for? And if it was, I don't even know how you'd begin to define her legacy because she's been such a huge star. She'll probably make the Hall of Fame in the end, yet she'll have one of those weird win-loss record breakdowns where you're like, well, was she actually a Hall of Famer? It's all kind of up in the air entering this fight. How competitive do you think this rematch will be?
0: I think it'll be really competitive. And, and for the most part, you know, uh, Raquel Pennington, she seems to be focused. And that, to me, uh, w- would mean that she's going to bring the fight more than she did the first time. And and I believe that uh, Holly is a competitor. You know, I have used to train with Holly. And, you know, one thing that I know is that when you push her and when she's in a fight where she feels pushed, then she's going to respond in like nature. So I think that this fight has has a chance to, uh, to to be a very exciting fight and, and I like Holly coming into this position because whenever she's had to answer that question after having you know some kind of setback when she was on the three fight losing streak and then she came back and then she's kind of showed everyone that she still has it. I think you know she still has that in her you know and her her legacy and what she has been to uh, women's sports. It is amazing, you know, to go from boxing and then to, you know, have a great career in mixed martial arts and and, and to compete the way that she has against our, the best in mixed martial arts. It shows, you know, that that she's definitely somebody who's going to be in a Hall of Fame. But um, I think that she she mounts another uh, string of fights together, and I think we see another title fight from her before it's all said and done.
1: It's crazy because. I don't think she's past it. I mentioned who knows if she'll fight again after a win or a loss only because when you say the age and you say what else is there to fight for against her, obviously, is the fact that the two divisions in which she competes in Amanda Nunes is the queen of both. And she just lost in devastating fashion. So it's like, is that likely to produce a title shot? Probably not. But to be able to give all of those people very great fights. Yeah, she's still. You know, if you tell me she's the fourth best fighter, female fighter in the world, or fifth or sixth or whatever, like she's still right there. But eventually, I feel like, what else do you have to fight for? Could this be the letdown fight? You know, remember J- J- Jermaine Durandomy fight? It was a fight yeah. she could have won, should have won. UFC wanted her to win. That was a kind of a gross, ugly fight. She left the back door open. I fear that that can happen in this fight. And I just wonder, because she's so driven, what the drive is right now.
0: I think the drive for her it it has to be um you know, she she's not she's not uh you know, she's not married, you know, she doesn't she's there's no there's no family on the horizon. You know, you think with a woman that's thirty eight years old, she wants to, you know, kinda settle down a little bit and kinda enter the next phase of her life, but she's she's not there yet. You know, I think that she's um reinventing herself in a lot of different ways, you know, and I think part of her reinventing herself in a lot of different ways is is going out and competing and ending competing the way that she wants to end competing, you know, and I think that's what that's what keeps her going. She wants to end her story the way that she wants to, and she hasn't had a chance to do that yet.
1: It's gonna be interesting to see. Always a huge fan, and the the fans love Holly Holm. I mean, they you go to like a public workout out of a fight, you never see more of a baby face pop to steal from wrestling. I mean, people I mean, love she, them it, from Holly Holm.
0: She gets she gets some gifts. She does dances. I mean, she she gets into it. She does. She
1: had that America sweetheart run. I mean, she says the right thing. She she be- dethroned. She beheaded the queen. Ronda Rousey. It'll it's a moment we will never forget. A uh, couple other fights I do kind of care about. Women's strawweight division always delivers. I like this Claudia de Gadelha against Alexa Grasso fight. Claudia came back in that fight with Nina Marcos in which she really wanted to reinvent herself at age 31. We didn't see the style of old. We saw more of a cerebral game in there. And Grasso's had some up and downs. Do you think Claudia still has a window to be a legitimate title contender? And will this fight get her there?
0: I think she has a great window, especially the fact that now she's working with uh, Ricardo Ameda and, and Mark Henry. And I say, um, these guys and this coaching staff, You know, I had a chance to work with them in I only can describe him in one word: just genius. You know, uh, with Mark Henry, the way he breaks down on a technical level what you need to do is unlike anybody I ever have. You know, I, for for a fight, I had a complete playbook of calls that I had to do, and they were combinations. and And he would, you know, he would drill me on these. You know, it was probably like a hundred and something of these <laughs> these phrases that I had to remember. But when you remember the phrases. Fighting and communication got that much easier because he can say one phrase and he can relay a whole whole idea, a complete idea. And that once you learn the system, you you start to see athletes thrive on it. And, I, and, and and a great example of that is Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson has been under the Mark Henry system and learned the Mark Henry system, and now he's to the point where he's perfected the Mark Henry system and he understands you know the ins and outs about it. So he's fighting at that level. I think Claudia Cadelia can get to that level, but it's going to take a couple camps. You know, it's going to take a couple camps of her getting it down. Um, she doesn't live in New Jersey. She goes there for camp. So, you know, it all depends on how much she was able to grow in that time that she was there. But she's got a, a, a tough fight, in Grasso, her hands are nice. Grasso has some really, yeah. really, really nice hands, Makes really, really nice hands, clean combinations. And I think that is. Uh, that may be that may pose some problems for Claudia. She's
1: a hungry fighter, too, who's had some wins and losses, but but has looked good a lot. Uh This lightweight bout to open the card, always going to be fun when Anthony Pettis, the former champion, is involved. He's moving back down to 55. He's got Carlos Diego Ferreira ahead of him. But Rashad, the big story involving Showtime is that he's suing USADA. And did you hear this story ahead of the Diaz fight for Anthony Pettis? His. Urine sample was too diluted because he was too hydrated, so they retested him an hour before the fight. He cuts his hand on the glass of the peacup. They tell him he can glue it shut or stitch it shut. He goes for the gluing option. He misses all his time to warm up. Duke Rufus' coach yelling at him to cancel the fight. With a glued hand shut, he goes into the fight and loses to Nate Diaz. And now he's suing that this is a wild story. Can you make some sense? have you ever heard of something like this
0: uh it, it's it's it is a wild story and um you know it's something that is it's really' is, it's too bad to be honest because here's my experience that you saw you know they they've always um the people who come and test you they're very very uh very' they're, they're not they're 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 not they're nice people you know what I'm saying they're nice people when they try to make sure that everything is easy as possible but here is the problem the problem does come in when you when you're not able to you know drop and you're not you know you're not able to, like one time I had to sit in there for probably about I don't know like two hours after after one of my fights and it, and it was after a fight I lost and I was kind of beat up and kind of hurting but they wanted me to drop you know they wanted me they wanted me to use the bathroom and I couldn't go. And I had to sit there and wait, so um, it can, you know, though it can be it can be tough, and I'm sure that there's a lot more uh, tough stories that that go, you know, that that's beyond, you know, what I experienced. And so
1: you, and you got the Jessica Penne story this week with USADA, it, which and her career. I mean, it's, it's 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 tough. It's tough, Rashad.
0: It's tough because of the amount of times that you have to test. You know what I'm saying? Like when you. Like, for instance, when I go and I um have to do a fight, you test when you first get there, and once you first get there, you, you go and you check in with USADA first, and you go and you drop, and then after that, you have to test after the fight. Now, mind you, that's after you sweat it for 15 or 25 minutes. How much pee do you have after you sweat? You know what I'm saying? You don't have any. So, <laughs>
1: But that's so, wild. The hour before the fight, they're hitting him up. And it's it all goes to a deeper debate. We don't have time for We all want a clean sport. But saw has got some wild-ish going on lately. It's just, yeah, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know, Rashad. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to win that, that. I don't know how that loss is going to play. I don't know the details. It's just wild. Uh, I care about this preliminary card main event, Women's Flyweight. This is Macy Barber's time to shine. She's looked great. Three finishes in a row she's fighting a true veteran in Roxy Montefiore, one of the nicest people in, in the whole sport, who doesn't get finished easily and, and has many fights in her career. Rashad, if Macy Barber on ESPN and this type of showcase can have the type of win she's had before, I know she's only 22, but there ain't nobody in that division between her and Valentina Shevchenko. You may have to start that conversation if she blows her away.
0: You're going to have to, especially the way that Macy fights. Macy fights. Macy fights in a way that you know, you don't typically see women fighters fight, not, not saying that, you know, she, she brings an intensity, like, like a dog in the fight that you don't need, you know, you don't typically, typically see the way she's always grunting every single punch that she throws. She's throwing with some serious intent. And I think that she goes out there with that intent, with that aggressiveness, she's going to finish Roxanne Montefiore, you know, and, you know, Roxanne's a great test for because Roxanne is, is good, good on the ground and she's, you know, she's cleaned up a lot of things in her game, uh, working with Mike Pyle and those guys. And she's definitely cleaned up a lot of aspects of her game. But, you know, I think that this fight is is a showcase for Macy to go out there and show that she is a number one contender. Like I
1: said, if she can stop her in spectacular fashion, Roxy just keeps coming. And she's, she's big for the weight class. She's got a ground game. This would be an interesting task. Obviously, we want to see Andre Touchy Feely, who seems to be turning things around at Featherweight. Good looking fight there against Sadiq Yusuf. Yusuf, is that correct? So, yep. That guy has looked good as well. This is sort of a uh, circle it on the uh on the card could be a a sneaky one, Rashad.
0: Absolutely. And Sadiq has has some power, you know, and, and that's and that's the thing about it. like he I love the way Sadiq fight, man. He's such a uh, he has such a great fluid fighting style and he can crack too. You know, there's not a lot of guys of that size that have that kind of power. And it's so good to see Sadiq be able to drop that that hand in there and, and get people out of there doubt about it
1: fired up for Saturday I'll be on the grounds in Las Vegas a state of combat as we mentioned has you covered check out Friday's interview special from media day with everybody we're gonna get in that scrum with Connor and Cowboy we're gonna talk to as many people as we can on the card check out CBS Sports HQ the rest of this week you'll be hearing from me on location you'll be hearing from Rashad in the studio in Fort Lauderdale lots of great coverage coming your way Rashad I'm ready I'm excited. The buzz is in the air. I can already feel it. I'm not even in the in the desert yet, and I can feel it. Fired up, man. Fired up. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna need you to FaceTime me as much as you can, so I can I can <laughs> feel the energy there. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be upset that I can't go. So, you know, help your boy out. Yeah, you
1: hold it down for us on the on the CBS Sports HQ and believe it. For Rashad Evans, this is your boy BC. Get ready. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Instant analysis right afterwards. Don't forget about that. But for the rest of you, two words, that's it. We out. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network.